0: Welcome to the Rumble Reverend Podcast. I'm your host, Nico. How y'all doing today? Today is October 5th, 2020. Jesus Christ is Lord. Hallelujah, day. Anyway, uh, the title of this podcast is called. Little gods, the lie that got us into this mess. Um, As we know, there is some confusion in regards to whether or not mankind is a god with a little g. But I read my Bible, and the Bible says that the Lord, that there's been no god before uh, Elohim, and there shall be no other god after Elohim. That he is the only one. There is no other. Amen. So let's go ahead and dive into this. Uh, let's go ahead and pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for this day. I thank you, God, for my listeners. I pray, God, bless their ears. Speak to them through your spirit. Confirm this teaching in their heart and in through your word. I pray, Father, that you would use me, bring back things into my my memory, the things that I've learned and I've heard of in the past, that are according to your word and your will. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so I opened up one of my Bible apps on my smartphone, and it opens up automatic for some reason this day. Um... It opened up to Genesis chapter 3, the fall of man. Most followers of Christ know the story about creation, Adam and Eve and the fall of mankind. It's taught in Sunday school to little children, and it seems like folks think that they're too mature, or it's below them, to go back and study how sin came about. The lie of mankind being little gods Has infiltrated the church body. The little God's doctrine is taught outside of the church as well in other world religions. The little God's doctrine has been established in some churches, even though the doctrine is completely contradiction to the Bible. In Isaiah chapter 37, verse 16, and I quote: O Lord of hosts, God of Israel that dwells between the cherubims. You are God. Even you alone, of all the kingdoms of the earth, you have made heaven and earth. We were never to be like God, capital G, and we will never be God or even little gods. God, there is only one like him, and it is is him Who dwells in the heavens on the Most High? The little God's doctrine then makes Jesus' deity lesser than it actually is. Jesus is one hundred percent man and one hundred percent God at the same time. Jesus is God who came and dwelled with us. When you read John chapter one verse fourteen. The only one who could live up to God's high and perfect standard is God. So then, are we saying that we can meet this perfect and high standard when we say that we're little gods with a little g? We cannot on our own without Jesus Christ, which is the entire reason why Jesus came and died for our sins, so that we can be reconciled unto himself. From the beginning of chapter 3 of Genesis the serpent inserted doubt into the mind of Eve. Didn't God say that you could eat off of every tree in the garden? Eve's response is that they could be, they could, they could, but of the tree, of the uh, the tree of good and uh, knowledge of good and evil, we shall not eat even, and not even touch the tree. Even from the beginning, it was in our nature to add to God's command. God never said to not touch it. God said, don't eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. But I suppose to be safe, to be precautious, and to not fall into temptation, Adam and Eve agreed to not even touch the tree because they did not want to die. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 17, uh, there is where you can read the very words of God, and he said not to touch the tree of knowledge of good and evil. In Genesis chapter 3, verses 4 and 5, the lie that our ancestors fell, and unfortunately many are still falling for now. The serpent told Eve that they would not surely die, but that God did not want Adam or Eve to be like him, that their eyes would be open, and that they would know between good and evil. Eve then saw that the tree was good for food, it was pleasant for the eyes, and the tree to be desired to make one wise. So she took from the fruit, ate and gave to her husband, and he ate also. Their eyes were open, and they realized that they were naked. We all know the rest of the story. Adam and Eve made aprons of leaves and tried to cover themselves. God came and they hid from his presence because... They were afraid, and they were naked. God punished the serpent, the woman, and the man. But even after that, God was still merciful. He clothed Adam and Eve with skins of another animal. And to make sure they did not live forever in a fallen state, God drove them out of the garden so that they would not eat of the tree of life and live forever in their sin praise God. Also in in Genesis chapter 3, the Lord God prophesies that He would send a Savior and that He would crush the head of the serpent, but the serpent would bruise His heel. That's really deep. Because it kind of describes the bruising of the heel would be the crucifixion so yeah it it it, it may have kind of stung but it healed away went away right the bruise goes away but if anything gets his heads crushed it's dead it's killed it just symbolizes that that jesus will crush our enemies and they will cease to exist And we have God's word and guarantee and promise on that. So some will use and twist the context of Genesis chapter 1 verses 26 through 27 that God had to submit to the idea that everything must reproduce its own kind. The idea is that when God gets together, He makes little gods like as if God is like some kind of animal or human that needs to reproduce and birth its own kind. But didn't God say that there was no one like him and never has there been and hasn't never, never will be? So, why all of a sudden does God have to submit to some sort of idea? And why are we trying to make him out to be like us, or even worse, to be like an animal? God's image is his mind, his will, feelings, character, personality. God did not say, let's make gods with a little G. He said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness. In Psalm 82, verse 1, it says, God stood in the congregation of the mighty. He judges among the gods. In Psalm 82, verse 6 through 7, it says, I said, you are God's sons of the most high, all of you. Nevertheless, like men, you shall die. And like all, like any prince. And fall like any prince. In John chapter 10, verse 34, Jesus said, Is it not written that in your law you are God's? In Aramaic and Hebrew, it is judges, not God's. So it's a mistranslation. Uh, So give me a couple seconds here. I'm going to take a quick break and I'll be right back. Right, I'm back. So we were saying that um, there was the word "Gods," little g, in in the Book of Psalms in chapter 82, um, and also when Jesus was uh, speaking in John chapter 10, the words "Gods," capital, uh, lowercase g, gods, was a misinterpretation. Mispronu- uh, it's supposed to be "judges." They they were judges who ruled over Israel before the days of kings. These judges had the power of life and death of the people. As a Christian, you have to judge. We are the children of God adopted into his family via Jesus Christ. We are supposed to speak on behalf of God and we represent God on earth. As the New Testament church We are to pass judgment on spiritual matters. We are not gods, but we speak on behalf of God as people hearing from the word of God through us. Let me give you an example. Have you ever given a power of attorney or received a power of attorney from a family member? What does this mean when you receive or you have or you've been given or you give away the power of attorney? It means that you can legally speak on behalf of someone or act on their behalf. God has given us his authority to speak on his behalf and to act on his behalf. So, if for example, I gave my wife a power of attorney, does that mean that she becomes me? No, because that's ridiculous. But my wife can act on my behalf with my permission. God has given us permission to act and speak on his behalf. So why even do people think that because we have this God-given authority to have dominion on the earth and represent him, that makes us God? In Second Peter chapter 2, verse 1, it says, But false prophets also arose among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you, who will s- secretly bring in destructive heresies even denying the master who brought them bringing upon themselves swift destruction we are taught in scripture to be humble and to not think hi- to think highly of ourselves does not the doctrine of little gods claiming to be a little god Doesn't that, to me, I mean, it sounds like those who teach that and those who believe in that doctrine are not very humble at all. And they want to put themselves in the same class as God. God is uncreated. So how can something that is created be in the same class as an uncreated God? We are creatures. We are not deities. Brothers and sisters, open your eyes. Open your ears and open your Bible. Listen to what the Word of God has to say. If your pastor, if your bishop, teacher, etc. teaches or preaches that you are little gods, leave that church immediately. This is the type of teaching that will send you straight to hell along with the leaders of your church. My pastor said so will not be a legitimate excuse before a holy God on judgment day. The little God's doctrine is the the doctrine of Satan, the one that he used from the very beginning, and he's still using it today. And God's people are destroyed by their lack of knowledge. So get knowledge, and while you do that, get understanding. The wisest thing that you can do is get wisdom. God gives wisdom and revelation to those who ask, and he gives it without reproach. The devil wants you dumb so that he can deceive you, but God wants you to be smart so that the devil cannot deceive you. God, through his word, which is the Bible, has equipped us to know what is the what is acceptable in his eyes and what is not. But to fully understand these things, we must have the Holy Spirit to teach us. So if you don't understand the Bible, ask God to teach you through the Holy Spirit. But how do you do that, Nick? Get born again if you're not. Also, I, I, I might want to throw in there, if you're a believer and you're not getting stuff and you're, you're struggling with sins and all that kind of stuff, I would suggest a fast. No food. Three days or do a Daniel fast and go a little bit longer maybe 7 days and just fruits and uh, veggies and, uh, and, and juices and water for a week and pray it's very important because your life and the life of others depend on your knowledge if you don't know this you could lead someone to hell or you can lead yourself plus others Get into your word. Ask God to reveal you things and things you don't understand. Just ask him. It may not happen right away, but there will come a day when you will have that understanding. And you'll remember. Yes, I remember I prayed this and I asked God and now I have the understanding. The context of God's word is also very important. To get the context of a verse, read before and after that verse. Um, I had a a teacher tell me, if you want to get the context of a verse, read 20 verses before it and read 20 verses after it. I think 20 is a bit of extreme, but I've done it before and and it helps. It definitely does because it gives you the full story before it and the full story after and you're like, okay, I get the full understanding. For example... In Philippians 4.13, this beloved church, this is not church, this beloved verse that many people say is their Bible verse. But if you read the verse in context, they would see that it's not being about doing anything, just about doing anything through Christ. Some have even gone as far as saying that you can sin because Christ strengthens them. That's straight up blasphemy. Paul was saying that whether he was flat broke or in abundance or locked up in prison or amongst the brethren and in good times and in bad times, whether stranded on an island or thrown off a boat or bit by a serpent, he could do anything through Christ Jesus who strengthens him. If you don't believe me, I invite you to go dust off your Bible and read it for yourself. Read from the beginning of Philippians and then read from Philippians 13 to 33 and get the full context, get the full meaning of this verse. Yes, we can do anything. We can through Christ Jesus, anything that pleases him, anything that is his will, but that doesn't give us free reign to do whatever we want. Oh, through Christ Jesus, who strengthens me? I could jump over this building. I mean, I don't know, man. I just don't see how God's going to get the glory from that. But if God gives you the strength to resist a temptation, to resist watching porn, or resist looking down some lady's shirt, or to or resist looking at some guy's crotch, that's, that's strength right there. people who teach this little God's um, doctrine, they need to repent from these lies and they need to come before the Lord and ask for forgiveness and then go back to their congregations and tell them that they had lied and that they had spread lies and, that, and ask the, the, the church for uh, forgiveness. And then they should step down. Because the little God's doctrine is wrong and it's blasphemy and it's heresy. It is completely against the the, the doctrine that is found in the Holy Bible. The only one who preaches it is Satan. It is not a doctrine of God. So with that... I'm going to end. But let me finish one last thing. This is my final note. Satan's first lie is in Genesis chapter 3, verse 5. For God doeth know that in the day you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be open, and you shall be as gods. See, there's the lie right there. That is a lie that got us into this whole mess. That's why we are what we are now. But praise God that He's going to undo all of these things that the enemy has done. And then we're beginning to see the, the signs of the end. And we're beginning to see, uh, for example, the uh, Abrahamic Accords that are going on. That's huge. Uh, We're also seeing that things are going cashless, and they're pushing these vaccines, and there's rumors about this um, mark of the beast, and that's going to be something I'm going to be talking about uh, in the future, in a future podcast about the mark of the beast and the end times, because we need to talk about that, because we are living in that, and we are the end times church, and we have the responsibility to preach the word and teach the word to make disciples and to teach them that everything that Christ has taught us we are to preserve the word and that is our responsibility let's pray Heavenly Father I thank you God for your word because your word is truth and your word is eternal life I thank you for your son Jesus Christ whom you promised way back from the beginning you had promised a savior that you God you were so merciful that you didn't let mankind live forever in this sinful state in your mercy you had kicked out Adam and Eve from, from there we thank you God Oh God, I hate my sin. I hate sin. Oh, I hate it. I can't, I can't wait till the day that I won't have to be tempted anymore. I won't have evil thoughts cross my mind and evil words come out of my mouth and bad intentions in my heart that only good Only what is good, what is pure, what is righteous, what is holy, what is spiritual, what is of God will, will will remain and be eternal. God, I just lift up my brothers and sisters and myself, God, the Church of Christ. We just pray, God, for believers all over the world, God. Your word says that those who endure to the end shall be saved. I pray God that supernaturally by your Holy Spirit that we shall endure to the end. That is not an act of man or his will, but by the will of God and by your Spirit that we will endure no matter what happens. Whether they put a a sword to our neck or a a gun to our side of our head or they want to threaten to burn us alive or or boil us in, in acid or whatever kind of torture they want to try to make us do to recant and give up our faith. Oh God, I pray that that people would not lose their faith. I pray God that this too this is this is like too, this is like in a football game, Lord. It's like it's the fourth quarter, it's fourth down with 2 minutes to go. It's almost over. Oh God, I pray help us. Help us the church, your people. Help us, Lord, to endure. Help us, Lord, to to, to be faithful. I pray, God, that your faithfulness would shine through us. Empower us by your Spirit. I pray, God, that you send your Holy Spirit. We need your Holy Spirit, Lord. The days are getting darker. The days, but in your word says that the, the days get darker, our light will shine brighter. I pray, God, that our our light would shine bright and that we would be salt in the earth to preserve, but also to create a thirst for people that they would have a thirst and they would be drawn to the light. And you are the light of the world. If a man did not understand you. And they ran them from the light because they did not want their sins to be shown. But God, your word says that those who come forward and confess their sins will be forgiven. So God, we just pray, forgive us of our sins. We forgive those who have trespassed against us. I pray, God, that this uproot this bitterness from our hearts. And I pray, Lord... Uh, forgive us of any sins known and unknown I pray God that if we have any content or hate contempt or hate towards you God I mean, we repent from it God we want to have love for you Lord we don't want to just say that we love you but God we want to show it by our works your word says that without faith works is dead and without works without faith are dead so they both go hand in hand thank you Father Thank you for your word. Thank you for the opportunity to share your word with your people. In Jesus' holy name, amen. So thank you so much for tuning in. Um, I got a couple of updates. Um, I'm selling t-shirts to try to raise funds to start the ministry. Um, for those who have started a ministry, you know how expensive it is to start a ministry, to get the you know the the, the legal side, all the you know, for example, like uh, the tax exempt stuff, uh, advertising, um, all that kind of stuff. It, it, it's very expensive. Um, but Lord willing, and I keep praying for it that somehow, some way. God will come through and he will bless this ministry. Um, I'm also praying for more listeners uh, as well. Um, If you listen, you know, check out my other podcasts. You know, I have my testimony, uh, my statement of faith. Um, I have other podcasts, other teachings uh, that I think others would find very interesting or helpful. Um, also you are able to reach out to me through, um, if you're on anchor.fm, uh, there is a method of being able to reach me through here. Um, also if, if you're not able to do that, you can also reach me, uh, rumble reverend at, uh, excuse me, rumble.reverend at gmail.com. Uh, you can shoot me an email and I'll reply back as soon as I can. um. Also, um, I'm looking for anybody who wants to be involved or help me out uh, in this. I can't do this whole thing by myself. You know, I've realized that and I've been asking the Lord that um, that I would get some help somehow, some way. I don't know. I know that I'm lacking and that I know that I can't not do this whole thing by myself until I have to humble myself and I have to ask for help. So I've been asking the Lord for that, but you know, if the Lord moves you or something uh, and, and you want to help out some way, whether it's logo design or editing or, uh, whatever, or you want to let people know about this or, um, just let me know. Uh, anyway, God bless y'all. Peace.